Hello and welcome to O Wounded Head Now Sacred, the semi-weekly podcast ministry of Colton Lutheran Parish. Today we will be hearing from the Gospel of Luke, the 8th chapter, verses 26 through 39. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So Jesus got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So the man went away, proclaiming through the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, today we have what is sometimes called the story of the Gerasene demoniac, which I think is interesting. It's a lot of, it's a fantastic type of story. We have pigs and we have demons. And in a way, we have what is something that's involved in the gospel story that makes us look at how we look at ourselves and maybe even perhaps how we look at our own communities and how we interact with one another. When I was in seminary, one of my seminary professors had asked if there was a story in the Bible that you could see with your own eyes or a miracle story that could come to life for you, what would that story be? And I selected this story. You can find it here in the Gospel of Luke and also in the Gospel of Mark in a shorter version. But I like it because I think it's just a fantastic story to be able to see Jesus telling spirits, unclean spirits or demons, and casting them into a herd of pigs. And then those pigs go and they jump off the edge of a cliff and into a lake. It's just, it's not something you're going to see very often. Now, Jesus did a lot of 
different types of miracles in the Gospels. I think this one is just a little bit different because it's so removed from who we are as a society that we don't tend to believe in things like this anymore. Things like demons or spirits or even possessions. Now, there are things that we find in horror movies, but those are usually just allegories or metaphors for different things that happen in our own psychologies, our own emotions, our own imaginations, those types of things. But we don't want to water this story down. And I think that's the fear of it, because sometimes what has happened in our society is that we now know a lot about how the mind works, how the brain works, how psychology works, and this can get downplayed into that this man was mentally ill. And it may have been that, but I also want to hold up the fact that maybe there was something here that is transcendent that's happening that we're just so unfamiliar with nowadays that we can't quite see or even cope with the fact that this could have happened, that something like this may have gone on. Now, to give us a little context, Jesus had just calmed the sea while everyone else was freaking out, the disciples in the boat, and Jesus goes out, and he's sleeping, by the way, but he goes out and calms the sea and the storm, and everything is fine. Now, I think this story of the Gerasene demoniac kind of mirrors what had just happened, but in this case, it gets a little more particular and a little more personal. We have a man who is besieged by demons, and so many, in fact, that he refers to himself as legion, which you might hear the correlation between this word and a Roman military force of 6,000 people, so it mirrors what's going on in a Roman occupation of Israel. So there's so many, in fact, that this man calls himself legion. Now again, it's not necessarily mental illness, but we just don't want to explain the way the story or demythologize it. I think we want to hang on to the fact that there's a mystery here in transcendence there is are things that we don't understand kind of like trying to explain the trinity we just don't get how all of these things correlate and how all these things come into being but because of this and now the town doesn't really understand what's going on with the man other than the fact that maybe he's got some sort of evil demonic possession going on. So what does the town do? The town doesn't really seek to help the man. The town has effectively removed him from the community. At times he was shackled when the demons seized him. He was living without clothes, living in the tombs. I mean, how inhuman can we make this man? And the community enables this or they're the ones that maybe set him apart from his own humanity I mean he's so beset by these demons that he is not considered to be 
a person anymore. I also think it's important to see that the man is relatively harmless. He doesn't hurt anyone, doesn't cause any damage to anything, maybe himself, and maybe that's why he's shackled, because that could possibly happen. But he's really not doing anything to anyone other than being disturbing. He's just pretty different from the rest of them. All of this, I think, is happening until Jesus restores him to wholeness. He becomes human again. And he's able to, he was able to talk to Jesus before, but when he sees what happens, he wants to follow Jesus. And he wants to participate in this ministry of restoring one to wholeness. Now, after this happens, the swine herds, which I think is a great term, a swine herder. I was a swine herder when I was in high school. Shout out Bill Fargo. Townspeople were left afraid, very afraid, with great fear, it says. And they asked Jesus to leave. But one person does not do so. You could even maybe say that one disciple has been added, who, which is the man who was formerly possessed. He becomes a witness to all that Jesus had done for him when he had been commanded to talk about what God had done. But instead he goes and he talks about how much Jesus had done for him. And maybe that's a precursor to what is going on in the Gospel of Luke, of how Jesus points to God and the kingdom of God, but how people respond to the miracles and they point to the person of Jesus, rather than seeing the transcendence of what Jesus is doing, doing God's work in the world. Not just a person's work, but God's work. And I think that's very important to point out. So we have a divided response of Jesus' miracle in this story. And it made me think of maybe some things that happen in your communities. What are some things that, or what are some ways in which we separate people from society who are different? Or how do we disconnect others from participating in the community. Now, in an unhealthy community, they're just like unhealthy families. Sometimes we have people that we like to keep at an arm's length. But if we do that, that keeps us, us, community, from being whole when we shut people out. What we do is we'll point a finger at someone or make them the black sheep as an outsider and use that person or community member or family member as the cause for all the woes and all the sufferings of the community and of the family to evade our own emotional pain and sufferings. We project our pain onto somebody else. I think this is what the town is doing is that they project their pain and their suffering onto someone who is suffering already, but they say, we don't have it so bad because that person's got it worse. And this becomes a story for us to see how separating 
someone from society can be harmful. And it takes someone who sees God in another person to restore that person to wholeness. But by doing so, also restores that person to the community. Now, in the gospel, the community responds in a very different way. They respond with fear, and they respond with a person pointing to God by asking them to leave. We are prone to do that in our society. When someone points out something that is unjust or something that is wrong, we will vilify that person rather than see the hope and the restoration and maybe even the reformation of what's happening within our communities. So much so that we'll be offended by it and we won't see the gospel for what it is. The truth of calling a thing what it is, being conciliatory and maybe even repentant and then turning ourselves towards God again. Because when we turn ourselves towards God again, then we will see and proclaim throughout the community how much God has done for us. Because we want to follow Jesus and we want to be a part of that ministry, but what Jesus calls us to do after we've been restored through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus sends us on our way to go out and declare how much God has done for us. So we see the miracle of waking up every day. We see the miracle of a sunset. We see the miracle of things that are being born and reborn again. So my friends, in what way are you projecting your pain onto others? And in what ways are you seeing God calling us to something more? God calling us to be a part of a community in Christ. One that welcomes and ensures that everyone is safe, that everyone has a place that everyone belongs, that everyone has value in our community. This week, may you see the bountiful vision that God has for communities, for people to be lifted up, for people to be restored, and for people to be given life and new life indeed. May you have a fabulous rest of the week. And may you see the blessings of God all around you. Have a great week, everyone. I'm on my way. I'm on my-